Hey ho, what is happening? Welcome back to an all new The Giant Conjurement Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desi Robinson, also known as on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch as Desi is Dead. You can follow me at any of those three. And I'm with my co host, The Attic of 3D, pre- 3D Printing. Now he's adding in drone writing. <laughs> In his Christmas that, tour. What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally adding another one to the list of addictions at this point. Yeah. And now it's going to be drones, that's for sure. Yeah, well, at least the 3D printing is actually, for a good cause, you making uh, face shields for um, people within the service industry that are on the front lines, which is a good cause. Which is, you're taking a break from your addiction by doing something right. And I know full well, you're going to go right back to be making uh, minifigs and and whatnots. Oh, yeah. I'm planning on printing three of them tonight. Yeah, I figure. <laughs> and then once this shit goes all said and done, people, we're serious. When we say we're going to build a proton pack. Oh, parts, yeah. Parts of it's going to be real. Parts of it's going to be 3D printed. But we're get, we're going to do this shit. Dude, I, I already started taking my first steps towards, like, um, making some cosplay stuff, including stuff like the, the, the proton pack. Mm-hmm. But I now have some plans, some pretty good ones. Uh, that people have made online. Unfortunately, they're they're not mine, but thank you to the community that's made them and made them available for free. Yeah. There are a lot of plans that I'm going to start using to build, at the very least, um, the arm to the Doom guy, the Doom Marine suit. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna start by building the glove and, like, the front bracer to see um, how I want to do it. But I have a feeling that I, I have enough stuff right now to where I can start printing myself like the actual armor. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, we got our non-sequential things out the way within two minutes. There we go. That's how we do it. Um, what well, we're doing it now, but that's the record. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode of the Giant Contraman Robot, we are going to be doing the DC animated movie verse in review. We might change it so we won't be in conjunction to Kind of Funny. We are no affiliate. We are not affiliate with Kind of Funny anymore. Some way, they are the inspiration of us doing the DC anime movie verse because we actually legit, I legit have not seen anyone review all the well in succession like this like kind of funny or any um in the variation they normally just right. review it as they come out but we're going to do every single DC animated film to lead up to even though it's already out but we're going to lead up to Justice League Dark Apocalypse War which is I was future spoiler right here it is the most bloodiest Gut wrenching animated feature you will ever see, and, and I'm so excited to watch it. I specifically haven't watched it just so that way I can watch it after the sequence of everything we're watching right now. Um, one gripe though, I will have for Justice League Dark Apocalypse War if you don't have the funds, unfortunately, and if you have DC Universe, you have to wait 90 days to actually see it. Yes, and for even though you have DC Universe, but that's a whole other conversation at this point. So you have to wait 90 days. So it came out um, on the 20 on the 21st. Officially, it came out on the 19th, but um, digitally. Uh, well, actually, no, the 9th it came out digitally, and it came out this past Tuesday, the 20, I want to say the 19th. Um, physically, um, it came out, but you'll have to wait till about, I would say, May, May, June, July, about August to see it on DC. Um, yeah. And that also goes for Superman Red Sun. That would be out um, in June for DC Universe, even though Superman Red Sun came out in fucking April. 
Either way, we're not. We're, this is not your normal. This is not your normal GCR episode. So we're going. We're just going to do the review. Um, so I'm just going to go right in to. Let me find my document. Here we go. Justice League Flashpoint Paradox was released on July 30th, 2013. 2013. Wow. So it's been almost seven years. Yeah. Is coming direct- up on that seven year for that. Yeah. Um, directed by Jay Olvia. Olivia. I'm gonna say Olivia. I'm gonna say Jay Olivia. I think it was Olva or something, right? I'm yeah. Now but, even, but, to... but even though uh, we're not we're not gonna break down the man's name. No, <laughs> 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 that is a normal GCR thing we normally do. Um, it is obviously a direct video anime um, animated film of the adaptation of the 2011 crossover book Flashpoint by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert. Andy Kubert is the artist, while Jeff Johns is the writer. And the script was done by Jim Creek. Um, the cast is a well-stocked cast. All right, I mean, like, here, here's the cast: um, Justin Chambers from Grey's Anatomy, playing Barry Allen Flash. C. Thomas Howe as Eivor Thawne, Professor Soon. FYI, it took. The, this came out, like I said, 2013. The Flash technically came out. Um, the TV show, I want to say right around the same time. Wait, no. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that that came, makes sense in my head. I'm just trying to remember, like, seeing both of them concurrently. Wait, let me... We, we, tangent already. <laughs> Moving on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going right into it. Fuck that shit. <laughs> 2014, so a year after. Yep, 2014. It technically it took Flashpoint Paradox for me to know how to pronounce Eobard and Thawne. What did I, you think it was before? I didn't know how to try to pronunciate Eobard. I was like, Were you saying like Ebert or something? Yeah, and I was saying Th- um, Thane. Like, <laughs> like it was like you know how like Anthony um, Abbott. You know how when you see his last name, you think it Abate or something like that. But when yeah, you said it's Abbott, you'd be like, "What?" Mm. You gotta, you gotta put yourself in the habit of making sure that you say it correctly. And we're back with the puns. <laughs> and back with the squeaky, squeaky chairs. <laughs> um, Kevin Conroy, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Kevin McKay as Tom. McKid as Thomas Wayne Batman. Um, McKid is also a co-star of Justin Chambers of Grey's Anatomy. Actually, they're both former cast members of Grey's Anatomy. Just FYI. And if you are just now watching Grey's Anatomy, spoiler! Um, Michael B. Jordan. Yes, that Michael B. Jordan. This is before his glow-up. This is like right around the time he was doing Fruitvale Station. So this is before his glow-up. Like, <laughs> we, we knew of Michael B. Jordan. Right, but he was not as famous now as he is now. We then, knew of him, but he wasn't Michael B. Jordan. He was always Michael B. Jordan, but just you know. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. he wasn't a household name at that point. I would say technically he was. If you've seen the Keanu Reeves movie Hardball, he mm. was already like known because it's like hard Hardball. And when you get to it, there's a specific part in Hardball. If you don't shed a tear 
acting. You have no soul. It, 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 that uh, for a Keanu Reeves movie, it made me cry. I felt a connection to Keanu Reeves for one movie. And no, it was not The Matrix, even though everybody thought it would be The Matrix, but it's not. I was gonna say, I'm like, Matrix didn't make you cry, man. No. <laughs> no. Matrix Two made me cry. That's, a, that's what I was like. The only reason why that rave scene went on a little bit too long. Yeah, that rave scene. It's like they're trying to make you feel sympathetic or whatever. Like, okay, this is the last of humanity. But in reality, it's just like, why do I want to save all these sweaty ass people? And then you're cutting between <laughs> Trinity and Neo getting it on, and to like, they could have just committed and just like, you know what? You see the rave starting, but while the wave rave music is going on, you're cutting to Trinity and Neo because that's what yeah. everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see um Trinity. They don't want to see um. Neo. No, there's some women who legit. Then people actually. Let me just. There's people who do want to see Keanu Reeves in that way. Oh yeah, but there's me, probably a lot, a lot of a fan base that does. For me, like everyone else, wants to see Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, and that is that is not unfounded. So, I like Carrie Ann Moss. And that was technically The Matrix was the first movie I saw Carrie Moss. Yep. Um, so actually, remember, actually, remember. I take that back. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, it was this Christopher Nolan movie uh, with Guy Pearce. Oh, uh, Memento. Oh yeah, yeah. Technically, I saw her in Memento before The Matrix. Damn, I forgot she was in Memento. It's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, one of her first actor roles. Um, back at it, uh, Michael B. Jordan was Victor Stone Cyborg. D. Bradley Baker, who <laughs> who does everything voiceover wise, um, he's Etrigan again the Demon. He's he played the top, and he was um, Caterberry Cricket, which is a Wildstorm ca- um, creation by Jim Lee and Brandon Choi. Um, Steve Bloom, iconic voice actor, um, he's credited as voicing Lex Luthor. He's uncredited as voicing Captain Thunder. Sam Daly, the son of Tim Daly, voice isn't voicing Clark Kent Superman in this one. Dana DeLady, who previously voiced Lois Lane, returned to voice Lois Lane here. Carrie Ellis um, plays um, Arthur Curry Aquaman in this one, which we both admit he's like we did not even know. Like at the time, I didn't know it was him. Yeah. And like I remember, my brother convinced me to watch um, Saul. Okay. Like two things, I didn't know he was British. Didn't and then um, I totally forgot that he was in Princess Bride at the time when this came out and when I was watching Saul. Um, oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he—if you don't remember him well in Princess Bride, it's very hard to recognize him in Saw. To be fair, because they are very far apart in years. Oh yeah, very very far apart. And then he was—he also did uh, um, a couple of episodes of Psych, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yes, we had talked about it. I need to—I need to watch some of it yeah. or some more of it. <laughs> Um, Nathan Fillion returns as the voice of Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Great Delise um, Griffin um, voiced Nora Allen. She was credited as um, Nora Allen, unaccredited as Barry Allen, young Barry Allen, and um, Martha Wayne Joker. She was uncredited for those two roles. Uh, Jennifer Hell, Commander Shepard, Jennifer Hell, voiced Iris Rust, but she was uncredited as voicing Billy Batson. That shows you the range of Jennifer fucking Hell. Yeah, if you listen to Jennifer Hale, she has that gra- that gravelly noir voice. But the fact that she can do Billy Batson, holy fucking shit! Like if she was doing an acting, a voice acting class, I would take her class. Dude, 
but like I will I will follow Commander Shepard. Um Danny follow her into that great darkness. Yes. Um Danny Houston from X Men Origins Wolverine. You know what? No. X Men Origins Wolverine don't exist. Thirty days of night, Danny Houston. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, that's the role you're going to attach him to? All right. That's, I, I, that's why I stopped myself. <laughs> uh, he played General Sam Lane, the father of Lois Lane. Um, Danny Jacobs um, voiced Cole Cash Grifter, which he's accredited for, but he's unaccredited for voicing Leonard Snart, Captain Cold. Uh, Peter Jessup voiced um, Dr. Volko, even though technically he's just called Volko. Whatever, for whatever reason, he's a doctor. This is an alternate universe. Lex Lane voices Nathaniel Adam, um, Captain Adam. He's accredited for that, but he's um, unaccredited for the funeral presider. Um, Vanessa Marshall um, returns as the voice of Princess Diana Wonder Woman. She, oh, I forget what season. I know technically Justice League. There's, if I remember. She, Vanessa Marshall, main, primarily did Wonder Woman's voices in the animated features, thus like the standalone animated um, Justice League movies, mm-hmm. while the voice actress for um, Wonder Woman on the T of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited just did those. She only did she did recently Justice League and the Fury. Um, oh fuck, I forgot that it was it was a recent wow. Justice League movie that came out over a year ago that um, they premiered the first um, Latin. Um, Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz. Um, that oh, it was. was which that? one was it? I'm trying to remember. It was. It was. Um, it's a very good one. And the voice actress for that little uh, little side fact, the voice actress for Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern, in that Justice League animated feature, went on to play um, uh, Crazy Jane in Doom Patrol. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shoot! So then wait, that means that's also the chick that's in um, what's in uh, Orange Is the New Black? Yep. Pretty much every actor we just listed here, minus Kevin McKidd and Michael B. Jordan and Justin Chambers, every actor we're listing, we're about to, um, and Danny Houston also, we take him out. Each one of these people we're gonna we're listing has done either live action DC property or an animated DC property. Hmm. So, um, Candy Milo, she voiced, um, she's credited as voicing um, Persephone. Unaccredited as one of the Thunder Child- Captain Thunder Children, Pedro Pena. Um, Ron Perlman voiced Slade Wilson Deathstroke. Now, to let this be known, this is a trivia fact for also. This is the first time Deathstroke is being introduced in a DC property. Um, animated other, property. Other than, other than Yeah. He was not introduced in Justice League, um, any of the Justice League episodes. Um, so this is technically the first time he's being used within a DC animated project. Um, right, this is and technically this is before Son of Batman as well. The first time that Warner that Warner Brothers let him use Slate um Deathstroke, which is fucking awesome. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson, who does everything under the fucking DC Warner Brothers brand, he's voice, oh, yeah. he's credited as the voice of the president, technically, which is technically Barack Obama. <laughs> Um, but he's unaccredited as James, one of another um, Thunder Children. Adre Romano um, voices Doris, um, is credited voicing Doris, um, and a Central City newsreader, which is uncredited. Patrick James Patrick Stewart is vo- voices Steve Trevor, um, which he has done before. Um, 
and he also is uncredited for Captain Boomerang and Ocean Master. And Hayden Welch, who she did her interpretation of Harley Quinn, which is known as Yo-Yo in this world, but she does later on, um, um, she's known for playing Starfire for Teen Titans, but um, she is now the third actress to voice Harley Quinn. Huh. Well, really? Only the third? Well, technically, um, Kaylee Kuko is the fourth. Oh, okay. Oh, with the current one, yeah. Yeah, for um, her, the TV series, while her co-star from Big Bang Theory is technically the fourth. Okay. That Batman Harley Quinn movie, which would not be mentioned, and is not part of this DC animated movie verse, so that, thank God. <laughs> because that would get a one out of five. Right off the bat, it will get a one out of five. <laughs> it's, it is, and then people be, and then also a slight tangent. I mean, come on, it's, it's a GCR podcast. People bitch about Dick Grayson, and Harley Quinn and Dick Grayson banging. Okay, why? It's not. It's not Poison Ivy. It's not the Joker. Yeah, Bitch, but she is not. <laughs> I'm like one. She's not with the Joker at this point. Obviously, when you get to the Batman, Batman and Harley Quinn that movie, her and Harley Quinn, um, her and Poison Ivy broke up. So yes, they're not dating. Harley Quinn is gender fluid. She don't give a fuck. Yes, she has dick tied up, and yes, it's imp- it technically is like oh, they're gonna call it rape. No, it's not. It's not. He w- it was consensual because he was like he gave in. Yeah, he was into it. Yeah, no, that that uh, after like okay. I understand why people would call that a like like sta- not statutory like just call that a rape scene, but no like he through the context of his actual voice and like the 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 way that the actor portrayed it, mm-hmm. it was it was like resistance but not necessarily like you know where it starts getting into a dicey situation. Yeah, like and don't get me started on Batman the Killing Joke, like. Yeah. That one right if we do the killing joke, if we ever like start reviewing other DC animated films, I need to have another voice besides us to talk about it. <laughs> because some people do feel that is fringing one on one, besides what Ky- uh, what happened to Kyle Rayner's fiance back in the um, late nineties. Um but this took place before what fridge fridging became what what is actually universally known within the comic book industry and i don't feel barbara was used to make batman go after the joker because the joker not only did what he did to barbara but he also fucked up jim gordon i mean it's like he was trying to fuck him up psychologically and emotionally which he did which, is, which he did which he did and he he made it like nude and just like dragging him around like he's a fucking dog like yes understandably and I don't think Alan Moore would go that well Alan Moore of today mentally will probably go that far but I don't think at the time he would have went that far doing what he did to Barbara Mm -hmm. and I don't think he which is implied the people implied is rape I don't think he I think I think he took 
photos of her suggestively, but didn't actually do that. Yeah, like he yeah, like he, the context uh, wasn't the context was there, but I don't think that's like watching it. I don't think that was the interpretation of what they wanted to like portray. Yeah, um, but to go on Flashpoint Paradox, we'll go on to the plot. <laughs> uh, um, Flashpoint Paradox was something that I felt was different from DC. Like this was DC's crisis event. Because it seemed like every... Now it seems like every two years there's a crisis event within DC. Because right now, amidst the pandemic, there was like DC Metal um, Reforged. Yeah. Which they already tend to... be fair, it was a really good series though, to be D- fair. DC Metal, yeah. It was it was dark. Um, DC Metal was good, and it, but it it started a new, tr- um, a new age for the DC um, comic book verse. Yeah. Um, it made Martian Manhunter the leader of the Justice League. Um, Hawk Girl is no longer dating Hawkman. She's now dating Martian Manhunter. I'm like, okay, no, I'm like, all right. The mind of the Justice League cartoon series. Well, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. The last time I read anything DC heavy was during Blackest Night, Brightest Day, during the time when Jeff Johns was working on Green Lantern and The Flash and Teen Titans for a bit. And Hawkman and Hawkgirl was like, they were still together up until their deaths. But like mm-hmm. for some reason, normally they um, they come back to life. Yeah. But now they, they're they still dead dead. And now they're zombies or Black Lanterns. Mm. So when we get to this new world of the new, which is ending, this is Flashpoint started the new 52. So which means everything that you knew is gone. Um, and we'll get this more in, when we review it I did not like the direction because this is at the time when Jeff Johns and Dan DiDio were like now figureheads of DC mm-hmm. um, I think Diane Nelson was still was still in charge but Diane Nelson Jeff Johns and Dan DiDio three people and I'm like I'm trusting Jeff Johns I'm trusting all these people and we get this the, we're talking to the comic book by this point Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not digging it. I'm not, I, I don't. I was like, what? Like, where the fuck is this coming from? And then you learn that what Barry did, and it's like, oh, okay. But I would not. You figure like Barry came back from the dead for rebirth. You figure he accepted his mother's death. Like he's getting his life back together. And you making Barry do this? Wally, I can see doing it, but Barry. <laughs> It's like Barry. Barry is supposed to be a lot more emotionally mature at that point. Yeah, and like Wally, yes, he has his wife, he has his kids, but and then here's the kick thing, though, because of this new Fifty Two, Wally's erased from history. Wally, um, Linda Park, uh, that marriage, Wally's children is now gone. All that is mm-hmm. wiped. Now we got, um, black for a better term, black and uh, black American Wally West. And then we got um, Iris in, the, in Iris West, and you'd be like, wait, okay, all right. Is he adopted? No, he's biologically her nephew. Mm-hmm. All right, Iris, you still white. <laughs> Who, all right, okay, your brother's, okay, your brother is white. Okay, that means your brother married a black woman. All right, that could have been told, but no, we just have to accept that now Wally is black. Mm-hmm. That is just a minor gripe. 
like I, you introduce you reintroducing the character that's beloved, but you changed his race and you just changed him completely to he's not the Wally we know. He's this. He's a new fresh Wally in every way, shape, and form. And his is just an asshole. Mm-hmm. This Wally is like it took me to recently to actually like this Wally West. And that's only after I'm assuming a lot of development. Yes, and it was a lot of development, and people telling me, "Oh, this Teen Titans run is really good." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay." And then we got Static back. But then, by this point, with Flashpoint, we lost Static, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh man, <laughs> Static Shock was back." Uh, like, Static is like still one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, and then his universe is gone within the DC universe, and you get this, and now I'm like, I'm already soured on Flashpoint because it, uh-huh. it, ch- it changes the narrative of all the heroes. Um, it took away that which you loved. Yeah. And then we get to the animated feature, and it's, even though there are certain parts of the movie that's, that has been drastically changed and certain characters are not used from the movie, like one of the characters that is not used from the comic book that's, in, that that's not in the movie, um, Enchantress. The same Enchantress from the Suicide Squad movie. She's not in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um... So and, and there's so I get logistically why they just like certain characters didn't fit. Um, but the, the still the core story is still there. It's just yeah. Talking about it, I already know how I'm gonna review it. <laughs> I I have a feeling I know too now. But let's get to the plot. To the plot. Hit uh, me with that synopsis. All right, flashpoint. I.J. Olvera or Olivia Oliva Oliva Oliva. there we go Oliva we did what we said we were not going to do while while visiting his mother's grave Barry Allen known as the Flash is alerted to a break-in by his enemies Captain Code and Captain Boomerang Um, Heatwave Mirror Master and the top pretty much the rogues um, at the Flash Museum after defeating the rogues, he discovered that they have, um, with the help of the Justice League, they have been hired by arch enemy Professor Earboard Zoom Thon as part of the plan to destroy Central City. With the help again with the Justice League, Barry foils Thon's plot, but he's but Thon. I'm gonna say Zoom because he's trying to say Thon is just repeatedly, repeatedly. I know when you say thon so much, it's like a song. You know, it's gonna become a thon song. Thon, 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 thon. I can make puns. Um, Zoom taunts Barry over the death of his mother, which still haunts Barry as he departs. And at this moment, Batman tells him sociopaths knows how to get on the skin of um, their enemies, which he did. Oh yeah. Because that following day, Barry wakes up to discover that the world has radically changed. He no longer has his powers. His mother is now currently alive, but his father still passed away of a heart attack. His um, his wife Iris is now married to a colleague within the Central City Gazette, and the Justice League does not exist. Aquaman and his Atlantean forces are have sunk most of Europe, while Wonder Woman has led the Amazonians in conquering the United Kingdom. And both forces are now at war after an attempted alliance between them both and resulting in Wonder Woman chopping the head off of Queen Mira. Due to the <laughs> fact that Mira found out that Aquaman was boning. Bone. Wonder Woman. 
So an extramarital affair turned into decapitation turned into war. Yep. And that secret love affair between Aquaman and Wonder Woman caused Mira, Queen Mira, to confront Wonder Woman herself and, cho- and well, thus Wonder Woman chopping off her head. Now, I will say, I will say this. If this uh-huh. is done live action, we're not going to go too too much into the personal life of Johnny Depp and um, what's her name? Um, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. But I think not if a lot of people will feel bad if it was Amber Heard getting her head lopped off by um, Gal Gadot. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think <laughs> <a lot. laughs> Didn't right. they? Didn't they just? Put, no, I'm not going to go into. No, we're not going to go into that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going into the tension. We, we already. Uh, I, I should have brought that up. Be Continuing on. <laughs> At the same time, Cyborg has assembled a team to eliminate both parties, and the which consists of Captain Thunder, um, the Thunder Kids, and um, some free forces. And he is talking to the president, which is Barack Obama. But um, the Barack Obama has refused to um, um, the uh, cyborg to help, and the government scrapped the plan. Actually, technically, let me reverse back because I'm jumping ahead. It's at this moment after we learned about Aquaman, Queen Mira, everything. We go to Gotham City, and it's not the Gotham that you remember. It's not the Gotham that you know. This is a dystopian-looking Gotham City. In the midst of it, we have a giant-ass casino that says Wayne on it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And you see, you hear a Harley Quinn-esque laugh. It's Yo-Yo. Batman. Thomas Wayne Batman, to presume. Um, A red-eyed, pointy-cowled Batman. Who doesn't give no fucks. He wants to know where the Joker is. Yo-Yo does not tell him. And he tosses Yo-Yo off the building. So to let you know, Batman don't give no fucks. If you're not giving him what he wants to know, he's he's just going to kill you. So yeah, cat, this Batman cat. kills. Yep. Um, this is when Cyborg comes, saves Yo-Yo, arrests her like Superman would. Um, basically, Cyborg is the Superman of this world, if you just don't get it by this point. And he approaches Batman to join his team, which then leads to the government scrapping the plan when Batman refuses. Um, later on, we see how Jordan recruited by General Lane, to fly an alien spaceship, which is Aben Sor's ship. Um, you learn that Aben Sor's ring said um, he was looking for someone of, of worth for the ring and it shot up into space. That lets you know that Hal Jordan was not worthy of the Green Lantern ring, which is kind of like, damn. I think if Hal was Green Lantern, no, he'll still die like everyone else. Probably. <laughs> he'll probably die like everyone else. But more on Hal. A little late. Um, but he's using Obasaur's ship to bomb the Atlantis. That's, but we're boring him a little bit later in the plot. Barry visits Wayne Manor and he le- he sees it's it looks like Wayne Manor until he gets to the Batcave. Liquor bottles everywhere, bullets everywhere, guns everywhere. And he realizes, oh, this is not Bruce Wayne, but his father, Thomas Wayne. Barry is trying to tell Thomas Wayne that he knows Bruce. And he's trying to tell him, like, he's from an ultimate reality, but this Batman gives no... Like I said, he gives no fucks, and he's breaking dude's fingers. He's breaking Barry's fingers. For animation, holy shit. And remember, Barry does not have his powers to get out of this one. So this is... He's in intense pain. 
even if hell, even if he did have his powers, it's still it's still um it's still a lot of pain for him because you are like he, it takes a while. Like to give a reference, um, in Teen Titans, one of the first few issues, um, Deathstroke, with a shot with a elephant shotgun to the knee of Kid Flash. Well, not Kid Flash. He was Impulse at the time. Uh, Bart Allen. Mm-hmm. He sh- let off a shotgun blast in his kneecap. Damn, he literally capped him in the knees. And it took him, it took um, Bart a long-ass time to heal. I and, bet. In his, in his case, it took, um, it took him three hours to heal. Because he was not, he was not, fo- he, Bart was not focused. He was not focusing on healing, using his powers for, within the Speed Force to heal himself. Mm-hmm. He was still self-doubting himself. So, so for Barry to keep moving, when he gets a rebar through the fucking hip, and you, which we get to a little bit later, in the, with later on into the um, into the story, and to see him, and then he pulls it out, and he has to run. Like, jeez, that shows he's the superior Flash, but still, yeah. Continuing on, um, he finally convinces um, Bruce um, that he was like. In this reality, Barry learns that Bruce was killed by Joe Chill, which caused Thomas to become Batman, and Martha, driven crazy at the death of her own son Bruce, to become the Joker. And Thomas attacks, uh, and whew, he killed Joe Chill right there in the. Oh yeah, like he like he had no chill. Like if you have the, your caption on, you hear bone crush. He <laughs> caved the dude. He caved the dude's head in. Um, and this and this year, universe, like we said, he changed his business. He's now he owns the world's largest largest casino. And I think uh, think Biff in Back to the Future Two. Yeah, and there's a lot of in future spoilers. There's a lot of back. To, there's one year Back to the Future references, but it's also within the comic book as well. This Thomas Wayne does owns a casino, but there is a big Back to the Future um, trivia um, later on. Um, while while explaining this um, things to Thomas Wayne, Barry retrieves his costume, but it's P- Professor Zoom's costume instead, causing Barry to believe Bond is responsible for this time alteration. Barry convinces Bruce Thomas. <laughs> to help him recreate the accident that gave him his powers, but the first attempt fails and he has three, um, third and fourth degree burns. But more on the second attempt later. We're zooming <laughs> to London. Steve Trevor ch- attempts to save Lois Lane, but he is discovered by the Amazonians and he is hung. Like fuck, he's hung by Wonder Woman, and it is it is the great juxtaposition. With the lasso, right? Yeah, with the lasso, and it's the juxtaposition of he loves Steve Trevor loves Diana, he does, but to be killed like you knew like, and that was one of the things that pissed me off. Like Steve and Wonder Woman love one another, and she and her her to be like, no, I can do this. I can have the dirt in my hands, and just yeah. snaps his fucking neck with the lasso, just like fuck. Um, Damn. It just it just goes to show like that being the beginning of the DC animated universe sets a really good precedence for like the shit you're gonna see with the rest of, of the movies. Yeah. Um the Amazonians hunt down Lois Lane. Now in this version, they're trying to kill Lois. In the comic book, they're trying to convert Lois to be an Amazonian. Two totally differences. Um in this huh. 
that that changes that narrative quite a bit actually when you think about it yep um but she is rescued by a local resistance group led by the grifter meanwhile at the same time in the remains of paris deathstroke and lex luthor are attacked and killed by aquaman and the aqua lads um and ocean master and their forces um with the while they was tracking an energy um an energy trail which is being um, powered by cap a captive Captain Adam. Um, Captain Adam. At the Batcave, they're realizing the his Barry is realizing his memories are changing, and he's now remembering everything that is going on within this new timeline. Barry asks Batman for his help again, recreating the accident. The second attempt succeeds. He got his powers back. He's able to heal from it but he discovered he cannot travel through time because Thawne is also using the speed force um if you haven't watched the flash or if you haven't read the comic books basically professor zoom can siphon off the speed force and which will hinder barry from using any of his powers or um the full extent of his powers because mm-hmm. zoom is siphoning it off um later on within the comic uh, within um the flash actually technically um, Barry realized Thawne created the negative speed force which he technically mm-hmm. really doesn't need to siphon off any of the power of the speed force but retcon because this is Flashpoint as we continue on Barry recruits more allies beginning with an emaciated Superman who is the president of the US government because his ship crashed in Metropolis yeah yeah so he didn't land in the middle of nowhere where he was uh you know taken in by a very nice couple no this was more like oh my god an alien fell and the government fucking took him away <laughs> and and pretty much this is where i say jeff john gets a full credit because this i think the government would do exactly to an alien if if they if it was i think alien i think the truth is out there people basically turn him into a battery yeah, I, I seriously feel the, um, the government would do what they did to Superman here. Hey, wasn't that the whole thing behind the um, the the lesser the lesser well made um, Hulk movie? What was it? Yeah, Hulk. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I mean Hulk. I'm just trying to remember the 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 director. Ja, Ang Lee. Ang Lee, right? Yeah. Like, wasn't his whole thing too? Like, where where Hulk was mainly trying to get away from the government so that way they wouldn't just like take him and oh, basically that, do the same thing they did to Superman in this? They that is part of, that is part um of the Hulk in general. Um comic books, um TV, movies, it's always the government wants the Hulk. Um banner specifically so they not um they can recreate um the Hulk to make an army of it because at first it was how can we recreate the super soldier serum since Dr. Erskine died? And that's how they came up with Abomination. Yeah, um, but in the comic, uh, in the comics, is the same way. Um, okay. And the films, they they approach it the same way, except for since the Hulk, um, Hulk's, um, Ang Lee's Hulk was not was not connected to the DCU. I mean DCU, the, the MCU, Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That was its own standalone thing. It's just yeah. It was um, it, it took what um. It happened in the comic book, but it was not connected to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. While Louis Leterrier's ter- Louis Terrier's Leterrier, well, Hulk, um, Incredible Hulk, which is part of the MCU, is now more connected to like, all right, how did Doctor Erskine back in World War Two 
created the super soldier serum and now they and no matter what version it is general ross will always say you are property <laughs> hulk is our yeah. property banner is our property yeah so to see the fact and i'm like oh, i hate the fact that josh Whedon did what he did by making black widow and um hulk romantic um leads like I, wanted, I mean, they kind of strayed away from that in the later films, but yeah. But it was it was still there. It was still lingering uh-huh. there. But I wanted to see him being like antagonistic to Banner. You know, like I want to see Betty and Bruce. Like Betty, Betty and Bruce cannot be together because he has his anger in check. Yeah. I I want Liv Tyler to come back. All right, motherfuckers, I want her to come back. Just let her live. She's the only Tyler child I like. <laughs> Continuing on. Barry, um, there, well, Barry, um, Cyborg, and Batman are in the government's facility saving Superman. Batman is uh, with aid. Um, they are attacked by the U.S. government. Um, they was able to reach outside for Superman to soak up Earth's yellow sun for the first time ever in his life. And he helped fend off the facility guards by um, vaporizing them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Barry did what he could, but um, his memories um, caused him to have a seizure, which is now further changing his memories. So he has to hurry. Billy is um, taken to Billy Batson's home to recuperate, and he learns that Jordan's attack has failed. But at this point, Hal Jordan has gave the line of the beware my power, but not Greenlander's might. And that his um, bombing has failed. He was um, sucked by Aquaman's giant creature, which was then later used in James Wan Aquaman. If legit, watch Flashpoint Paradox. When you see that monster, is the exact same damn monster, but looks more real in Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah, I mean it was a live action CG thing yeah. versus an animated thing. But either way, it's like it's the it's canonically the same entity or being or whatever you want to call it. And that and how Jordan is dead. Yes. Um, the U.S. coalition fleet was sent to the U.K. and is decimated by the Amazonians. See, Barack Obama, you didn't fucking listen. You pulled a Trump years <laughs> before Trump, and it's in the animation at, as well. <laughs> I get in trouble for that line. At least it was only in animation, but. <laughs> <clears throat> And the final battle between the Amazonians and the Atlanteans has finally begun. Barry convinces the heroes, um, the superheroes, to help him stop the war, and they depart for Britain to aboard Batman's jet. And it's not subtle like the Bat plane; it's, it's flashy, but it's then shot down upon arrival. Billy Batson and his siblings combined to become Captain Thunder to fight Wonder Woman, while Barry, Cyborg, and Batman try to occupy Aquaman and his forces. After killing Black Manta alongside um, Grifter, which he has the awesome, awesome line, which I will give later because I I, I don't have it up right now. <laughs> um, Grifter um, and Batman. Uh, Batman is then wounded by Ocean Master. Don reveals himself after he brutally beats Barry. Um, explain he then he explains that Barry himself is responsible for the alternate timeline. It wasn't Zoom. Zoom just planted the seeds for it. Um, Superman then returns but at this moment shit starts hitting the fucking fan 
when he explains to Barry that he's responsible for it, and Barry traveled back in time to save um, his mother, which then um, fractured the fabric of reality. At this moment, Wonder Woman lassos Captain Thunder and asks him, how do you transform? And he says, Shazam. And she asks him to say the line. The kids are now mm. turned back into themselves. They're no longer Captain Thunder. And she takes her broken sword and first kills Billy Batson, then the other children, to which horrifies Barry. Because he's even within the vicinity of seeing this shit. Yeah. And it's across the battlefield. Yep. And then at the same time, Cyborg is death, Cyborg and, Super, and Batman is trying to fight Aquaman, and he's fucking them up. He's literally ripping every shielding off of Cyborg's chest to the point where you see his his cybernetic rib cage, but the only thing that's still human besides his head is his heart. Superman returns, but he did not return in time to save Cyborg, and Cyborg had a cardiac arrest and passes away. But he did chop off Superman, um, Aquaman's arm, so he did do something. But then at this moment, Wonder Woman faces Aquaman, with them both declaring an attention to fix things their way, Aquaman remotely detonates Captain Atom with the with his obviously on his belt buckle. While Doctor Volko tried to stop the explosion, but he was too late. As the explosion is tearing across the landscape, Barry, then Batman, and is at this moment, Don declares his intention to keep Barry in this reality to have him die in this reality while he's given an external monologue which why every villain does, does that shit Batman he is probably shot in the head by Batman way to fucking go <laughs> <laughs> even in an alternate universe where he kills Batman knows how to end shit <laughs> future spoiler um, and there is a future here's a future spoiler when you see Suicide Squad held to pain a returning villain comes back and he has it. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just say a returning villain. Ooh. Um, with the dying Batman urges Barry to run, he gives Barry a letter addressed to Bruce. Barry then races, first he hops because that, that, that nuclear wave is following him. Yeah. But I'm like, and I'm also trying to think that kind of explosion from Captain Adam, it will take out the UK, the rest of the United Kingdom, China, parts of Africa. Let's just say we'll be in a little, it'll be like uh, Chernobyl. It'd be setting off an, an, it would be setting off a atom bomb. Yep, essentially destroying the planet. Yeah. But this That's is like a freezer level bomb. Yeah. Um, Barry then stops his earlier self and he again fixes the fractured timeline. But in but inadvertently creating another timeline. Barry wakens back at his desk. Everything's apparently back to normal. But well, we're jumping ahead again. <laughs> he races back to his mother's grave and he sees and Iris is there. And he gives her the the kiss of a lifetime. And even that that throws Iris off. But then Barry's like, I'll be right back, and he races to Bruce Wayne to the Batcave. This is our Pretty. first hint that the timeline has changed because Batman's suit and Aquaman, um, I was gonna say Aquaman, and the Flash's suit has changed as well. 
This is your first hint that this is a whole new world. Bruce, he Barry tells everything to Bruce that everything has changed, and Barry gives Bruce a, a Bruce a letter from his father, with Bruce for the first time crying on screen, mind you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what well live action films they had him cry, but in animation, Bruce never cried. Yep. He tells Barry thank you. He, he tells Barry thank you for the letter from his father, which further proves that yeah, he time traveled. Well, alternately, time jumped, but still. You universe jumped or whatever, yeah. Barry runs off, and we get a new timeline. And this is, and I'll give him this. This was an awesome run because he can technically don't have to run on roads. He can, his forward momentum can have him run on rooftops, jump rooftop to rooftop, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. But in a post-credit scene, a boom two opens, above in space, above the Earth. And a horde of parademons emerge. <gasps> we <laughs> The war has begun. And that is Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. Thank you for the slow count. <laughs> um So we're gonna go right into trivia. I'll, I'll say this before we go on right into trivia. I might edit this part out. I don't know. Because it was okay. nice and slow. That was a slow build, for my, even for myself. Okay. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I, I was I was reading the, pl- um, the, pro- um, pro- the plot again. This movie, once again, I'm like, uh, I understand this is an alternate timeline, but the costume, the, besides Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, everybody's costumes, future spoilers, Flash Green Lantern suit looked fucking ugly that yeah that yellow piping like the flash does did it well for his his new flash suit did it very well it's a mixture of new 52 and it's old school suit so the yellow piping makes sense in terms of animation i mean live uh-huh. action when this animation is too bold that's too bright mm-hmm. it, it, th- it really throws you off so when they when you get to like i said future spoiler when you see the outline of the suit on him it looks better because it's subtle. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not bright ass fucking yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Lantern's suit, on the other hand, oh, oh, and it don't get me fucking started on the voice actor for um, for Justice League War. I'll I'll bitch about War when we start talking about Justice League War on the next episode, on the next review. But here for trivia, in the like we say in the comics, um, the Flash undergoes undoes the alterations of the time to the timeline he encounters from Pandora. So, which means Pandora um, is set up a separate storyline after this, um, which like um, Pandora gives him this thing. Um, she helps him reshape the timeline, which then leads to him creating New Fifty Two. But this was mm-hmm. um, taken out, so it's like Barry knows how to change the timeline. Um, instead of someone named Pandora who controls time and she's un- Pandora is part of I think they recently made her part of Sandman's universe oh okay so you have Sandman you have Death you have Lucifer which is currently still on air right now um, yes Lucifer is part of Sandman's world um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting when Sandman comes be, finally becomes a TV show because it was supposed to be a movie with Joseph Gordon Levitt as Sandman mm-hmm but now it's being a TV show. Um, but right now, I know later this month, or later I think in July, um, James McAvoy will be voicing 
Sandman and Cat Dennis would be playing Death in oh. a audio um, audio comic book um, with Neil Gaiman as the I think Neil Gaiman is the narrator but he is uh, oh yeah I saw something about that so this is going to be very interesting so Pandora does have connection to Sandman and any other parts of the universe like we mentioned before um, the voice of Superman is played by Sam Daly his father um, Tim Daly voiced Superman in Superman the Animated Series and a few DC Animated Films um, Deathstroke's ship, the Ravager, is a nod to his daughter, which is codenamed Ravager. Um, the, fe- the feature has a number of cameos, but is not limited to, um, like I said, both Aqualads, um, Ocean Master, um, Clayface, Icicle, Goldface, but um, which are they are not shown, but they are referenced. Captain Singh, Wally West, Dick Grayson, and Harvey Dent mm-hmm. um, are referenced, but they're not shown. At the beginning of the film, um, uh, Barry is seen running um, towards the front door of his home. The house is exactly drawn to look like Marty McFly's house from Back to the Future. There's your other uh, little Easter egg in there. Yep. Um, and Marty, uh, like Back in the Future, Marty also inadvertently ruined his timeline. He was forced to go back to repair the damage to set things right. Um... So yeah, that is your that is your one um, back to there's technically two technically because Biff had his own casino um, and then t- um, Thomas Wayne has his own casino. So there's your back. I know um, this is a known fact though. Um, Jeff Johns is a big fan um, of Back to the Future and he worked with um, oh shit he was director um, the director of Superman Richard Donner. Oh, okay. Um, I think Richard Donner is a producer of uh, Back to the Future, but him and Kevin Feige both were they his um, assistants, like interns. They both interned for Richard Donner, so they both worked with them before. Oh, okay. So it, it would make sense for him to be like, oh, I probably worked with, he probably worked with Robert Zemeckis at some point in his career before he moved to DC. Um, yeah. So it makes sense to be like, there is a nod to Back to the Future in this animated feature. Hmm. Um, yeah. I guess another like relation to it would also be the fact that he leaves his technically his timeline, fucks the shit up, mm-hmm. goes back, fixes it. But when he comes back, even though it's fixed, it's not the same. Yeah, just like in Back to the Future too. Yep. Or as well, not the as same. Well. Like, bitch, like we mentioned before, Yo-Yo is the alternate version of Harley Quinn. Um, while Barry is running through the street to Main Matter, you can see a homeless man holding up a sign that says the end is nigh. That is a reference to Rorschach from The Watchmen, which is also a foretold theme because Jeff Johns brought back The Watchmen and Superman versus Dr. Manhattan. I have not read that issue yet, but I will. What? It's, it's now finally on the DC Universe app. So I'm going to finally end off the Doomsday Clock. Ooh, I might have to check that out. Um, because oh man, I'm like, why would you? I can see why Alan Moore is pissed. Even though um, Dave Gibbons gave his blessing for Jeff Johns to use Watchmen characters um, to go against DC characters, I know Alan Moore is. He 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 probably put a spell on uh, Jeff Johns. That's all I have to say. Because I don't want a spell put on me. He, I think he he is a he's he's a legit warlock. You don't believe me? Look it up. He's a legit warlock. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, this is the first Justice League feature to um, animated movie to feature Wildstorm characters like we mentioned before um, this is an adaptation of the crossover event like we mentioned before 
Um, what's also cool is that the reigning um, the cityscape of Gotham is based off of Blade Runner, 1982's Blade Runner. This came out before Blade Runner 20, uh, 2084. 20. Mm-hmm. 2084. I was, I was like, I was unsure for a quick second. I was legit unsure. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Hill voices Iris West um, in the film, but she also voiced Killer Frost in multiple DC projects, and she also voiced um, Killer Frost in Justice League, um, the TV um, animated series, and in Justice Gods Among Us. Interesting. While doing while playing Commander Shepard huh. in Mass Effect, um, Nathan Finley and Daniel Lady both appear together in episodes of Castle. While Castle Nathan Finley's co-star Stana Katik also voiced Lois and Superman Unbound, while Matt Doom patrols Matt Boomer voiced Superman in Superman Unbound that came out at the same time as um, Flashpoint Paradox. And another little tidbit that is kind of like like fucked up: Matt Boomer was technically in a running to Matt Boomer. Um, Oh fuck! He he's now he was Deathstroke. Um, he's coming back. Um, oh um, oh crap! What's his name? Ah, uh, not not Henry Cable. Um, big D and D guy. Joe Manganiello. There we go. He was also in the running. It was Henry Cable, Joe Manganiello, and Mike Bomer. Joe Manganiello couldn't take um, the Superman role for um, Man of Steel because he was stuck doing True Blood at the time. And he, oh, okay. And he blames True Blood for not letting him play Superman. Damn. Matt Boomer did not get a chance to play Superman. And this is only hearsay because Matt Boomer's gay. Oh, yeah, I heard about this story. It's only hearsay, but still, either way, that, that pisses me off. Matt Boomer would have been him. Watch Superman Unbound. He would have been a kick-ass fucking Superman. Yeah, like I still—it's so like weirdly archaic when you hear shit like that. Yeah, um, but he's also still awesome as um, oh fuck, how did I forget, Mister Negative on on Do Patrol? He's he's really awesome. Nathan Fillion and Dan Delaney also was in Desperate Housewives together. Um, we already mentioned Kevin McKidd and Justin Chambers were both in Grey's Anatomy starred so which means like i said they're dead or gone with that show is either they're here or there um like we said um there are some changes in flashpoint that was changed for the for the movie um what's notable is the end fight in trancher's portrays flash and kills captain thunder instead of wonder woman doing it um and someone else kills cyborg while aquaman kills cyborg and he gets his arm sliced off by uh, Superman. In the comic, Zoom is stabbed in the chest instead of shot in the head by Batman. Oh, okay. So in the comic, he closed a lot more range. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we said, external monologue. You should not be giving no fucking monologue in the middle of the battle. Yeah. Like, seriously? It's like, no matter how much you think you've won, that's still a really dumb idea. <laughs> like, shut, like, shut the fuck up. I yeah. Just run. Um, my favorite quote in the film, and I said I was gonna mention this later. Grifter tells um, Batman, "I like your style, Batman. A pity we never teamed up when the world still existed." Batman, 
Um, he's like, oh, okay, Batman and Grifter, the boy idiot. <laughs> There's your one reference. And then you have the second one. Um, Professor Zoom to Flash. As long as I can siphon off your speed force, you can't escape this timeline. I'm afraid there isn't enough speed force to go around. Boom! Shot in the head. There's Batman. There is now. <laughs> Flash, you killed him. Not necessarily. Now, if you go, not, not if you go back in time and fix this, the only way to save this world is to keep it from ever happening. Way to keep it uh, centered. Yep. And then Hal Jordan, beware my power, asshole. <laughs> that was his final yeah, words. Yeah, that was a good one. That was legit his final words. Like, uh, for some reason, it's like I'm picturing that line, but with uh, Randy Quaid saying it. <laughs> you know, if that's what Randy Quaid. Now, if Dennis Quaid was a little bit younger, oh, he can definitely play Hal Jordan. Hell, Dennis Quaid could, today yeah. can be Hal Jordan. Dennis Quaid today could be an old Hal Jordan. Yeah, I can definitely picture him as Hal Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. In his place, I would. Everybody keeps on saying, um, "Oh fuck, he was in he was Cyclops." Oh, um, the voice actor is James Marston. James James Marston. Oh, okay. People want to see James Marston. I'm sorry, he's too. Even though he proved he, well, shit hell, he, he's a good actor in himself. I don't. I can't see him as um, as how. Yeah, I wouldn't see him in that role. It's hard for me to picture him in like I'm trying to think of an actual like superhero role for him, but besides Cyclops. Besides Cyclops, obviously, but I'm just trying to think like other than that, what what other one could I see him as? I would say Booster Gold. You know, mm, oh, you know what? Yeah, I could see that because Booster Gold is also supposed to have like a little bit of like a cockiness to him. And yeah, shit. bombastic and everything. I can see I can see yeah. him doing that after seeing clips of um, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> he could be Booster Gold. <laughs> like I, I was out of Detective Pikachu or uh, or um, Sonic. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Warner Sonic was Sonic, so, uh, Pokemon is under Warner Brothers, so we could talk about this right quick. Mm-hmm. I was generally surprised by Sonic. I mean, not Sonic. Um, Detective Pikachu. You know, I still haven't seen it. Watch it. You're gonna be shocked by that twist at the end. Really? Yes. Okay. That is a very big twist. Hmm. Um. Now, I bet you're expecting us to say Professor Zoom is the villain of the story, and Aquaman and Wonder Woman. But we and to a point they are. But there is a name you or we are gonna we're not gonna forget. Flash. Yeah. Barry the Allen. Flash. Is he is the main goddamn antagonist in all of this shit. Like I get it. I lost my mom. I lost my pops. I lost my grand both grandparents. Well, shit, grandmother. Great. I lost everybody. But I'm not gonna ruin time to get them back. No, I'm sorry. I we I just gotta have to live without them. And you didn't do that, Barry. You fucked up. Yep. And you up. fucked up the timeline trying to unfuck it. And you, you're more likely going to future spoiler. We're not going to talk about it. But um, but yeah, um, rating it right now. We can't give it. Um, uh, we can't place it at one or two. Because right now it's the first review. Right. So we're trying to rate them uh, relative to each other. Um. So right now. I'm giving it a two out of five. 
Okay. I, I'm not a fan of the animation style. Um, this came out right around the same time as Young Justice. I was assuming it was an assumption of shine I actually never made uh, at the time because Young Justice art style is great because Superman, he he's all the male and female heroes look proportionally accurate. Yeah, that's the main thing. They're proportionate. Here, Wonder Woman's head is slender, and it's like weird looking. Like her, like her form, her and Mira's form look fucking weird. All, all the women's form was, was um, besides Iris and um, Barry's mother. Like they're the only one, like normal looking ones. While all the men and the um and the kids look normal looking, but it was all the men and the women look just fucking weird. Like yeah, they're superheroes, but you like they just look off putting. Yeah, especially at the start of it, when you see Aquaman, especially Aquaman throughout the whole film, and then um, Superman at the start of the film, just look fucking weird. The emancipated Superman, yes, he's super skinny. He's gonna look frail. That makes sense. But you see Superman, like just ugh, ugh, just ugh. Like you look like you can blow him away with like a stiff wind. Yeah. Um, some of the voice acting, um, I feel certain actors shouldn't be certain playing certain characters. Um, I felt like you could have gotten Michael Rosenbaum to do the voice of the Flash. Michael Rosenbaum has that range. Like, yes, he he played Barry Allen before. They say, oh, mm-hmm. he's Wally West. He played Barry Allen before in Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which is directly mm-hmm. before this one. He could have played um, Barry Allen here. Yeah, like, and then with Flashpoint after Flashpoint, when you get to um, Batman and Flash at the end of the movie, then you can have in um, Richard Gorham who comes in to voice Flash for all the DCU animated films that we're going to be reviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense to have them um, switch out, but I'm like, nah, Michael Rosenbaum should have did this. Um, Kevin, Mc- I'm sorry, Kevin McCabe. Oh, well, no, you, this is um, this is Thomas Wayne Batman. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. It's it's supposed to be different. It's supposed to be older and gruffer. And yeah, so I will I'll keep yeah. Um, Kevin McKidd can stay, <laughs> but um, nah, like, I'm not digging. Yeah, I'm sorry, Justin Chambers. Like I'm not digging you as um Flash. Um, C. Thomas Howell as Professor Zoom. Holy fuck! I didn't. Um, the I haven't seen him do a lot of villain villain roles ever. I think he did well with this one. And he was like, he ever since then, he started doing villain roles in live action stuff and in animation. Mm-hmm. So he's a, like, holy shit! You just found your niche as a villain, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great having Vanessa Marshall back as Wonder Woman. Um, Carrie Ellis was definitely phenomenal as um, Aquaman. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, I, he should have continued on doing. Like, uh, I, I think his agent fucked up. I like Shamar more as Cyborg, which we'll be hearing um, him more um, when we go along. In this, um, Shamar more from Criminal Minds and now SWAT. Um, every, it, every I don't care who you are, every woman in the world wants to ravage Shamar more. <laughs> and I get it. He's a good-looking dude, and he he's he's a damn good cyborg. He 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 was committed to being a cyborg. Seriously, mm-hmm. as soon as he was cast. He was like, oh, Michael B. Jordan coming back? All right, I got it. I'll do it. I can do it during some Criminal Minds. It's no biggie. He, yeah. Literally, you look at the review for Shaman Moore, every chance he get, he'll be out there. That is the type of person you want for this shit. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, I like anime more. Motherfucker, 
I don't care. You're cyborg now. Yeah. But now you've been replaced. We got Shamar Moore with your bitch ass. <laughs> um, this is my favorite Billy Batson. Before we get to a Billy Batson, I do not like. Okay. So I had to cherish this, and then I had to cry because at the same time I'm playing Injustice, and then Billy died twice. Yeah. If you haven't played Injustice, go on YouTube and just type on Injustice Flash um, Shazam stuff. It's always going to elicit some sort of reaction, whether it's weak or strong, when you kill a kid in a franchise. Yeah, and Super, Superman and Shazam versus um, Black Adam. That is the best DC animated feature ever. Literally, if this is part of the cinematic animated universe, that would be number one. Because Yeah, that... That one's a really good one. Yeah, and it also has good, great. That is that is. That would be our topic for the name, the main podcast, Superman and Shazam. Ooh. Because, and more specifically, the shorts that came mm-hmm. with it: Green Arrow, Jonah Hex, um, the Spectre. That is, that is Gary Cole. If you know who Gary Cole is, him as the Spectre. Oh, that he fucking crushed. Seriously, that that is a role they should have kept him on. And um, also another fun, fun fact that's connected to this: um, Neil McDonough. That's connected to the fun fact. Um, Neil McDonough, who plays Dum Dum Dugan in Captain America, voices Green Arrow in that animated feature, and then he went on to voice Green Arrow again. Well, technically. I don't know why they did this. He was supposed to voice Green Arrow again for Injustice, but Alan Tudyk ended up voicing Green Arrow while he got the voice, The Flash. Which makes no sense because they don't. It should have been the reverse around because Alan Tudyk voices is better. He sounds more younger, and Neil McDonough. And by the time we get to Injustice Two, it's been rectified. Neil McDonough is now voicing Green Arrow. Alan Tudyk is the Flash, and actually, yeah, yeah, because I think yeah, Alan Tudyk returned for that, but at the same time, future spoiler. No, that's a that's a future spoiler that we're not gonna say here. That's that's future spoilers, man. You know, it's a future spoiler. But, we're um, not we're not we're not the Flash. We're not trying to change the future. Yep. But um, what would you? As I said, I give I'm giving this a two out of five. Um, I don't mm. like the animation. Um, certain actors did not fit um, certain characters. Like I said, mm. uh, Michael B. Jordan, as, yes, he was great as Cyborg, but um, looking back at at this and watching all the films again, Shamar Moore should have been Cyborg from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just right off the jump, I very feel like it was miss, um, a, miss, a misstep not bringing Michael Rosenbaum back to voice the Flash one final time. Mm-hmm. Um... It was a, a series of films like you let Kevin Conroy voice Batman one last time before he went over to Jason Amara. It it, it I should have done the same thing with Michael Rosenbaum. That I think that was a misstep. Yeah, um, so I think they were they were more focused on trying to create a new universe. Produce, yeah, like produce a new universe, and they were so like kind of oh hey we should we should get new actors, we should do this, like, all this kind of new stuff, right? Yeah. Which is, for the record, it's good. That's kind of how franchises grow. That's how animation grows, for sure. Yeah. But 
I think they were they were looking at it in such a macro perspective where they were like, okay, we need to make this really different in every way that we can, where they didn't really pay attention to certain things where it's just like, okay, we don't have to become like the, we don't have to get to the point of like banking on just pure, uh, what, what's the word? Um, like remembering something. And, from, the, uh, from the past. Yeah, remembering something from the past. I'm just trying to remember the word for it. Um <sighs> Which is we can say that from just from nostalgia, from, nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. Like they're not trying, like they're they're trying really hard not to bank on nostalgia from like other characters or other actors that have voice characters to a great like respect of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in that same way, they they didn't give justice certain things that would have enhanced like the the handing off, so to say, yeah, of this of this series from like. The previous works that they had done i feel like if they had actually put in a little bit of conscious effort to that like you're saying like having having the uh the previous flash voice him one last time that's that's not something that they have to keep throughout the entire universe but they were more focused on like oh hey let's get a new flash in there rather than just hey why don't we go ahead and give a actual passing of the torch to this which the fans that were making this for would probably appreciate more than just having a new actor there um, and with that said, what are you going to give it up? What, what's your rating for this one? Right right now, I'm going to say I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Okay. Because I do I do agree with you with um, with the issues that you have with it. But personally, when I when I think of the art style, that's I think something you and I differ on. Like yes, it like characters do look weird, but the art style to me is still unique in in a way that I enjoy watching how they actually how they actually pull together something like this because I, i'm a huge fan of anime mm-hmm. so i i like the the process behind i guess the process behind um putting someone's version of a character to pen and paper or in this case digitally and interpreting a character through a specific artist's mind okay so it's just like i get they do look weird I'll give you that they do look really weird, but it's still unique and it's still something that I didn't see bef- like much before that in the way that they did it. So for that, it's not that much of a detraction to me. Okay. Yeah. But I'll give it a tentative three out of five, only because I know that we have a lot of other movies to watch that a lot of them are a lot better. It's just also this is the first one we saw. I'll say um, it starts getting um. I'll say it starts getting murky because they do have a spearhead. Um, James producer James Tucker produced. Um, it's, shit, it's like let me count it off: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. He directed. Um, he produced three of the fifteen. Um, of the um, he he produced three of the fifteen. And he only directed, co-directed one. But he is still the figurehead of this DC anime uh, movie verse, um, so he he is picking up the reins, and he probably was like, all right, um, he's probably was working with um, different cast and directors, like, all right, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, we're gonna do, we're gonna need X, Y, and Z actors, uh, A, B, and C actors for certain things. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I, I I definitely get where you um where um your love for it, and he did specifically say they did use. Uh, lead heavily into like Japanese housing studios um, not those same ones that have done the art style for my hero academia mainly like um, 
Um, there's one, fuck, it's called Blue Something. Blue Exorcist? Not Blue Exorcist. Oh, um, fuck, this is, this is a legit old school anime. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. Damn it! <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Um, that is our first review for <laughs> you guys. Um, we're gonna be recording very soon Justice League War. Justice League What is it good for, huh? You're about to see on the, well, not the next episode, but coming soon. <laughs> Peace.